0: This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Petty Williams. Each week, Petty shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams.
1: Thanks for joining me on this next session of the Parenting ADHD podcast. This session, I am going to talk to you about parent stress and stress management, the importance, what that can look like for us as special needs parents. You know, I... Um, was told a lot for many years that I needed to reduce my stress. In my early 30s, I started having some leg pain. And I went to the doctor, the general practitioner, and she ran some tests and she said, I don't see anything that's really contributing, so reduce your stress. And I thought, well, how am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to quit my job? Am I supposed to give away my kids? Am I supposed to, you know, run away and join a Buddhist colony? What am I supposed to do? My life is my life, and it comes with stress. And I kept having physical um Issues, You know, I kept having this pain. I um, started having shortness of breath. I was really still struggling and I kept going to doctor after doctor. I kept pursuing it with different people because they kept saying, I don't see anything in the tests reduce your stress and they'd write me off right and so I finally got to a doctor who would not give up on me and that was five years into these symptoms and jumping from doctor to doctor and test after test after test that were all coming out normal every single test was normal um And what we finally figured out was that I have fibromyalgia, which is very hard to diagnose because it's really a diagnosis of exclusion. And I definitely had excluded a whole lot of things with a whole lot of testing and a whole lot of doctors. And then, of course, that conversation again was you're going to have to reduce your stress. Because for me and my fibromyalgia, stress is a huge pain trigger. When I am stressed out, my body hurts, and it hurts bad. Um, And so now I even had this physical pain that was saying, reduce your stress, reduce your stress. And yet I still did not understand how to do that. I thought that my life came with this certain level of stress. So how in the world am I supposed to change my stress when I can't really change the nuts and bolts of my life? I can't change that... I have a child with ADHD and autism and learning challenges. I can't change that. My husband and I both have chronic pain conditions. I, you know, I can't change maybe our financial situation in a hurry. And I started to feel really helpless I started to feel like things were happening to me and I didn't have any control over them. And I desperately wanted to get control over my stress because not only did it cause me pain now, but I knew that it was detrimental and it was kind of eating away at me, eating away at my psyche, my mental health, my emotional health. And I just wasn't figuring out how to manage my stress without changing the nuts and bolts of my life. And I got to a point where I was really kind of desperate, I was in a really low place, I really felt like the victim of my life, like I had no control over, um, again, what was happening to me, what my life was going to look like, I felt like that was mapped out and I was just given this sort of challenging life and I had to deal with it, right? And in that desperation, I started really searching for a different way and a better way because I see all these people around me who are happy and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't also be happy Um, and not, I always really attributed that to, well, they have different circumstances in their life, so their life is easier, so they're happier or you know, they, they somehow I have a different personality, that means that they can be happy. And I'm just not that person. I just can't be happy. Um, But I wanted to challenge that I really wanted to see that I was wrong about it. You know, I wanted to dig out of this dark hole. And so I turned to podcasts, interestingly enough, and I think I've, I've talked about this on the on this podcast before, but I started looking for podcasts on happiness, on success. You know, what what do successful, happy people do that reduces their stress, that um, causes them to be more joyful? Because I wanted to be more joyful. I was tired of feeling helpless and hopeless. And I actually stumbled upon Brooke Castillo's podcast and an episode on emotions and the fact that we attach meaning and emotion to every single thing that happens. And I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, but that led me to discovering um, the victim versus mindset psychology, that we can either choose to be a victim and choose to think of things as happening to us and that we have no control or we can choose to be a survivor and we can choose to be hopeful and gracious for what we do have um, and just have a more positive and optimistic outlook because that automatically propels you forward. And when I started doing these things, when I started changing my thoughts, opening my mind to the possibility that my thoughts about things could actually change our lives, my stress level went way down, way down. And so that's part of what I'm going to talk to you about in this episode. The other piece is what we do with self-care that can reduce and help us manage stress. But I first want to talk to you about what the effects of stress are. I don't think we take it seriously enough sometimes the amount of physical and emotional and mental impact stress can have. And I think we really tend to brush off the physical effects of stress on our health. We can have headaches, heartburn, heart attacks, heart attacks, people from stress, depression, insomnia, weak immune system, high blood pressure, tense muscles. Um, if you have an autoimmune condition, stress can flare that. So for me, with fibromyalgia, it's pain. For someone with something like IBS, it could be, you know, digestive dysfunction, um. You know, more so flares of those different conditions that um, can lead to more anxiety, um, rapid breathing, overworking your heart, just like high blood pressure and increased heart rate is going to overwork that muscle. And that's why high blood pressure is bad. You're overworking that heart muscle and then there's negative effects on the muscle that then affect the way that your heart works. Um it can affect reproduction. It can affect um, stomach aches. So many different things physically can come from stress. It's so important to understand that because we we put off self-care as parents because we're told by our culture, our society, that we are supposed to give everything of ourselves. We're supposed to sacrifice our entire selves. For our families, especially for our kids as moms, we're supposed to give everything. If we give anything to ourselves, it's selfish. That's what our culture has kind of laid out for us, at least in the United States. And so We're already not taking care of ourselves. Then we're adding not only the stress of work and regular parenthood, but the stress of having a special needs child, a child with ADHD or autism or learning disabilities or anxiety. And that's just a whole nother layer of stress. There was a study done in 2017. They analyzed 283 women when their children were diagnosed with autism, and then they went back and analyzed them two years later. And at the time of the diagnosis, the mothers whose children had the most challenging behavior experienced the most stress. But then what they found when they went back is that those who worked through that, they developed coping strategies, they maybe networked with other parents, they worked on not feeling so isolated, not taking their kids' challenges personally. They had less stress. When they went back and looked at these moms, they had less stress because these moms with less stress had focused on getting help, had focused on solving problems on finding meaning in their experience when you find meaning in the fact that your child has challenges or you know anything else that's going on in your life when you find meaning and explanation you're lifting some of that heavy weight and burden of that situation so again how do we reduce stress when we have special needs kids, we take care of ourselves. Self-care is the answer. Um, and, and it's not only the answer for our own well-being, it's the answer for our entire families. And it's modeling for our kids. We are modeling how to take care of yourself. We are modeling that you're worthy As an adult, that everyone has value as their own individual, not just as a parent or not just in their job at work, but that you have value and that you're important and that it's important to take care of yourself. There are different components to self-care, and I think that this is often misunderstood and I've talked about this many times before, but we have physical self-care, our physical wellness, like eating well, exercising, getting enough sleep, taking care of our health. There's emotional self-care, managing your emotions, doing things like setting boundaries with people getting toxic people out of your life being with more positive people who are more supportive, spending time by yourself to rest and recharge. And then there's spiritual self-care that would be volunteering, connecting with um, nature, maybe doing yoga, working on your mindset, optimism, mindfulness, religion, or your faith. That all feeds your spiritual self-care. And when you bring these three components together... Now you are working to reduce your stress automatically. The other really big piece of reducing your stress is letting things go. This is so important, guys. And, you know, this is a challenge that I talk about so often. It can be excruciatingly hard to let something go, especially if you're a type A person, like myself, Um, especially if you were raised in a very specific way or with a very specific belief. Like for instance, I was raised that if you're smart, you get good grades. If you're intelligent, you're capable of succeeding academically. And I, for the most part, was able to do that. The once or twice I got see, I was grounded because my parents saw that I was capable of doing better. That was something that I had to let go of for my own child. My son's IQ was probably even higher than mine. He's probably even more intelligent than I am. And yet he barely, with a ton of support and work from me and him, gets B's C's and D's and so I could be really stuck on that idea that if you're smart you get A's and B's and life could be really extra hard and extra frustrating. My son would never feel successful. I wouldn't feel successful as a parent. And I would really be stressing about his life success, right? Because if I believe that good grades in high school get you into a good college, and a degree in college gets you a good job, and now you're successful and happy, if I believe that's the only path, which we're often taught in this country, then I'm going to feel like a failure as a parent. And I'm going to be stressing every moment of every school year for 13 years, I'm going to be freaking out about the fact that my kid doesn't have good grades, so he's not going to be successful in life. And that just isn't true. When we let go of these assumptions, we're oftentimes really accepting what is more true and parenting the individual child is less stressful when you let go of these cultural assumptions or these family assumptions or maybe assumptions that are outlined by your religion or whatever it might be, when you start to challenge those and say, is that really important? Or is that really important or applicable to my own child or to my own parenting? Then you're able to let go of some things. And when you let go of the minutiae, What happens? You're making room for joy. You're making room for joy. When you're letting go of that thing that you're stressing about that isn't nearly as important as the amount of stress and anxiety and energy you're putting into worrying about it, now you have this new space for something else. And let's fill it with joy. Let's fill it with positivity because that is going to work out better for everyone but especially for your stress level. And this is what I wasn't learning from these doctors as I jumped from doctor to doctor to doctor, looking for a reason for my pain, a reason for my physical distresses. What I wasn't learning from them is what managing my stress looked like. They said, manage your stress. I assumed that meant changing my life, circumstances, which I couldn't do. And so therefore, I couldn't manage my stress. So that couldn't be the answer for me. And that just wasn't true. And it took so long to figure this out on my own. You know, it was another four or five years, four years probably after my fibromyalgia diagnosis before I figured out that I really could manage my stress and how to do that. And not only has it made um, fibromyalgia much less impactful in my life physically, it has really changed our family dramatically. When mom is walking around the house feeling sort of free, um, not feeling a heavy burden, not feeling sad or angry or frustrated, guess what? Everybody else feels better too, right? Think about when your child is stomping around the house and they're really emotional or maybe they're angry. What what does that do to your mood? How does that make you feel? It's really hard to be positive and optimistic when those around you are in a more negative space right but when they're in a positive space when your child just had a success they come in and they're excited about something they're happy they're energetic then that boosts your mood right So when mom or dad is always in this negative space about ADHD in this negative space about having so many challenges in life, in this negative space about never meeting expectations because there are all neurotypical expectations um, that are inappropriate for our kids, we are projecting that onto everyone around us. We are negatively impacting our families and our kids when we choose, yes, choose, to be so stressed about every little thing, to be so fixated on ADHD, on learning disabilities, on autism, on challenges, on the negative. And I can tell you this from personal experience. The first two or three years of my son's diagnosis... It was all about ADHD all the time. I was literally obsessed, compulsively obsessed with ADHD, with figuring it out, with fixing things for my child. And you know what? I that obsession fueled so much time and energy every moment I was trying to make it better. And yet there was very little progress very little progress. I was working like a dog. I was working myself to the bone, trying to figure out how to fix this ADHD thing. And it was every conversation that my husband and I had. It was every conversation at family dinner every night. It was every conversation I had with anyone who I could talk to, who would listen. It was Everything I read, it was every website I went to, it was everything. I dreamed about it at night. It kept me awake at night and it took over. This big monster is what I created and we weren't getting anywhere positive. We were just spinning our wheels because I was not going at it in the right way, but I also didn't have the right mindset to make anything improve, right? I was still negative. I was still focusing on the challenges. I was focusing on the weaknesses, the problems. I was not focusing on what we could, were doing that was good. I was not positive, And so nothing else could be positive, right? And it was so heavy carrying that beast around, feeding it and making it grow bigger and bigger. It was so heavy and it was ruining our family. Truly, it was ruining our family, my obsession with ADHD. And when I was able to finally step back and say, okay, I can't change ADHD because I can't change my child's brain. So what can I do so that we can live well with ADHD? so that we can work with it, work around it, what tools and strategies. When I started looking at accepting ADHD and moving forward with it, everything changed. And that was when my stress levels started reducing. But I was still having these thoughts as a victim. I was still very much stuck in that victim mentality. So I was starting to have some optimism, but I still thought that I really didn't have a lot of control. I'd certainly um, boosted the tone and the mood in our house by starting to approach it differently, but I still was not in a good place. There still was not nearly enough room for joy. And when I started to read about victim versus survivor and when I made the mindful choice to start to live and think like a survivor, everything changed and my stress level went down drastically. So let's talk a minute. I know I've talked about self-care before, but I want to talk just a minute on this episode about some ideas for self-care, about ideas for reducing your stress. And these things don't have to cost a penny, You don't even have to leave your house. It's so easy to do. But the problem is that we think of self-care as going on a trip, going on a weekend away with our girlfriends or with the guys or um, going to the spa for a day for several hundred dollars. And that's not what self-care truly is sure that's self-care sure that you know is fueling your spirit but it's not a requirement to take care of yourself you don't have to spend money you don't have to take a trip what I did to start out with for self-care when my kids were little was I just spent extra time in the bathroom mom has to go pee I'll be out in a few minutes I did my business and then I just sat in there I closed my eyes I took a breath and I recomposed myself. I kind of, you know, shored up the walls and was ready to go back into the chaos and keep being the parent that my kids needed me to be. So five extra minutes in the bathroom, if that's all you can do, do it. It will help as long as you're taking that time to really calm Um to really be with yourself to not be worried about everybody else just to center yourself for a few minutes um Music, I find really uh, energizing. It really makes me feel good, music. And so you could, you know, sit by yourself with some headphones for a few minutes and listen to a couple of songs. You could have a private dance party in your living room, good exercise, and it will boost your mood. Um, You could take a hot bath. If you are into baths, use Epsom salt because Epsom salt absorbs the magnesium into your skin and is calming. So you can boost your bath that's already calming with some Epsom salt or have a bubble bath, whatever really is soothing to you. And then do that thing that you really enjoy. What is it? that fuels your spirit. If you could just set everything down right now, money and time and other people were no object, what would you choose to get up into right now? Make time for that thing. For me, it's kayaking. And it's even harder for me to make time for that because it's a whole outing and a preparation and, you know, it takes half a day. It's not a short thing, but I do it whenever I possibly can do it because it's that thing that soothes my spirit and soothes my soul. Um, There are many other options here. So many ideas. Get a book from the library. Read something just for enjoyment. Write someone a letter or send them a card. We don't do that anymore. Think about how wonderful that would feel for the recipient, go for a walk alone. Walk out the front door for five or 10 minutes and go for a short walk. Listen to a podcast or an audiobook. Again, something you enjoy, not something about ADHD or parenting, but something that is soothing or exciting to your spirit. Um, just go out and sit in the sunshine. The sun can really re-energize us volunteer, take a nap, stay in your pajamas all day. That's a favorite of mine. I do it on a regular basis, especially now that my kids are older, I don't have to be taking them as many places. I can spend Saturday in my pajamas in the house. That is re-energizing for me. You could go out at night and stargaze. You could binge on Netflix. You know, whatever it is, just make time here and there. It can be as little as five minutes a day. But the important piece of that is that you must do it on a regular basis and it will reduce your stress. Take care of yourself and let go of the things that just aren't as important and I promise you your stress level is going to come down and you're going to feel so much better. That's my challenge for you. For the show notes for this episode, you can go to parentingadhdandautism.com slash 062 for episode 62. And I will see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit ParentingADHDandAutism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.